let's talk about trend shopping. As a handbag designer, you always start out the season going trend shopping. And what that means is you basically go into high-end stores. Also, you can go to the lesser expensive stores too, but it's mostly the very high-end stores. And you study trends and you look at patterns and you record those patterns oftentimes with photos. Sometimes you get kicked out of the stores, sometimes not. I'll give you an example. So you, you go into Bergdorf Goodman's and you look at the handbags and you study silhouettes. Silhouettes are the shapes of the handbags. And there are several different types of handbag shapes. If you start out with the smallest one, you know, which is like the wallet or coin purse, those aren't technically handbags, but you can have like a wallet on a string, which be, would, would be like a very small, um, like crossbody. Um, the crossbody is the next size up. A crossbody is basically a small bag that you wear on your body. It's on your person and the crossbody goes across your body. Um, you, you put it, you pull it over your head and, and the strap goes literally across your body and it usually, you know, sits on your hip. It's a smaller bag. It's usually like maybe, you know, six inches tall, maybe seven inches tall, um, five inches wide. I don't, don't quote me on the actual dimensions, but the crossbody is a smaller bag. It usually just contains your essentials, like your keys, your wallet, your sunglasses, it's your hands, I call it your hands-free bag. So like when you're running around in the city and you don't want to carry a bag, the bag just hangs on your body. That's why they call it the crossbody bag. And that's one of my personal favorites because you can wear a crossbody bag and then also carry a tote. That's what I do when I'm in Manhattan. I wear a crossbody bag. Um, another small bag that I, I personally love, I know a lot of people make fun of them, but I love the fanny packs. And I particularly love the fanny packs that people wear as a crossbody. It's the fanny pack, instead of wearing it like around your waist, they wear it across the body. And the, the African-American community, I, I don't know what the technical term is, if you call it the African-American community or the black community, I don't know what the politically correct definition is, but that community I follow. I actually personally love that community because they are so ahead on trends. And a lot of the you know, singers and rappers, musicians, they're doing some really cool stuff with bags. And I really pay attention to that. Um, the Louis Vuitton Supreme brand is a brand that I follow and there's just a lot of really cool edgy stuff that's happening and um, I love I, I have a fanny pack that I bought in Hong Kong I believe I bought it at the I'm trying to think um, Agnes B store I think is that's where I bought it and I originally bought it as to wear on my waist but I saw you know a lot of the um, rappers wearing them as crossbody bags and so I started doing that I just I think it's a cool look it's very edgy very cool um, so I still love the fanny packs because again it's hands-free it's all about being able to walk 
you know, in Manhattan or in any big city and you're not, you're, your personal belongings are secured on your person. That's why people love the fanny packs because on you. Um, another shape is the satchel. The satchel is, you know, one of the classic shapes. It's usually like a dome or it's, it's your, it's your average size bag. Um, you know, there's, there's two straps and you know, it's, it's your average size bag. Um, usually when I would design a satchel, I'd always have an outside compartment so people or women could put their like train ticket or their subway metro card and the outside pouch on the outside of the bag. So they don't have to dig on the inside of, they don't, they don't have to pull out their wallet. They can just unzip the outside compartment and pull it out. Um, so it's, it just takes less time. Like when you're, that's the thing, when you are, you know, racing to catch a train or you are, you know, whizzing through or, you know, going through the subway, you want to be hands-free. You want to be fast. You want to quickly get through the turnstile in the subway. You don't want to have to like unzip your bag, pull out your wallet, look for your subway card, you know, and okay, now I found my subway card. I can swipe it. Now I have to put it back in my bag. That takes way too much time, to be honest, you guys. And when tourists do that, do that kind of stuff, it drives us nuts. It's all about speed and being efficient and being streamlined. And so people that take their sweet time, you know, it holds everyone else up. And so that's, you know, that the satchel I love, but you know, it's, it's more the bag when you're going out to dinner, you know, yeah, I carry them when I'm in Manhattan, but I also have to make sure that I'm really securing it and holding it because there, you do get the people that, you know, there are muggings, there are muggings in big city. You have to be careful. Um, and next favorite bag that I, I designed a lot of these are the totes. Um, the totes are the obvious bag, you know, they're your biggest bag. Um, you know, you can put your smaller bag inside of the tote. I've seen that a lot. I personally do that too, where you layer the bags, um, compartmentalizing the bag. Um, a lot of women in Manhattan do that. It's like a bag in a bag. Um, you know, totes, you know, carry a lot of stuff. And so when you're going into the city and you're going to be in the city all day, yeah, a tote, you can stick your lunch in the tote. You can stick your wallet in the tote. You can stick your whole entire satchel in the tote. And that really works well. Um, totes are still popular. You know, there's, there's all different types of totes. There's beach totes. You know, there's travel totes. There's just, you know, canvas totes, the cheap totes. There's leather totes. There's all different types of totes. Um, there's also, you know, hobo bags, you know, your hobo bags are, you know, they're classic bags. They're more simple. They have usually, um, like one strap. Um, and it, it's usually kind of, there's, there's a hobo bag and then there's the bucket bag. The bucket bag has, a, it's the, the base of the bag is more like a bucket. It's a little bit wider. Um, it's similar to a hobo bag and then there's also the four poster bag where it's it's kind of like a tote but there's four different straps it's called the four poster so you know I like that bag too um, I, I tend to gravitate to more of the classic shapes 
Um, they tend to sell better, in my personal opinion, based on my own sales. Um, each one has a different function. Each one has a different personality. And I think the personality of the bag tends to match up with the personality of the woman. Um, and then there's also the workout bags. There's the yoga bags, you know, the bags that, you know, women put their workout clothes in, the gym bags. Um, those, you know, obviously you see a lot of, you know, women that, you know, do yoga, carrying yoga bags. Um, women going to the gym, it, it just separates out their dirty clothes and just it keeps their nicer leather bags, you know, more um, just cleaner. Um, but there's, there's probably about 10 different types of categories of bags. Again, I'll go through them really quickly and I might, you know, miss some because um, I don't have the actual list in front of me, but you, if you start out with a really tiny bag, it's not even a bag, it's more like a little pouch, the coin purse. Then when you work your way up, you have the wallet. A little bit bigger, you have then the crossbody bag, or you know, around the same size, you have the fanny pack. Um, the fanny pack is, can also be a crossbody bag. And then you have the satchel. Then you have um, the four poster, the bucket bag, the tote, yoga bag, gym bag, and then one bag that I forgot to mention is a backpack. Backpack is still considered, you know, it can be a handbag depending on how you define it. Um, there are some backpacks that are convertible. Um, some bags convert from um, a hobo bag to a backpack. Or vice versa and that's really cool the convertible convertibility or there there's one collection that I did many years ago when I was at Kenneth Cole and it was a satchel um, actually it was a small um, bracelet that attached to um, a crossbody and it attached to a tote so you got two bags for one and that was a really popular seller um, and that we kept um, carrying forward that collection over and over and over and we did it in different uh, materials and in different did it for different seasons different colors and that just I think we carried that forward for like nine different seasons which was amazing um, but there's you know when you go trend shopping you look for trends you look at you know what silhouettes this you know the stores have what are, what's being displayed you go to Bergdorf Goodman's again you look at what the different bags are on display and you also look at colors so for example right now it's March so for March 2021 because in the department store world you're always looking you're designing one year ahead so if you're working on 2021 you're working on that collection right now March so you'd be in the stores, you would look at, you'd be studying what colors, what shapes, what are the different brands, what are they doing, what are the price points. You can do a competitive analysis of all these things. You just create a chart, what the brands are, take photos. I've been kicked out of stores many times for taking photos because I don't like that. But you just move on, say, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm a tourist, I'm just visiting, I didn't know. You walk out, just be polite. You know, don't be a jerk um, but you're just collecting data that's all you know you're doing a, your own focus group study you're doing your own research 
And, you know, again, you're looking at color, you're looking at price points of bags, you're looking at, you know, what is most appealing. You can even, you know, one thing that I've done too is I've asked sales clerks, you know, the salesman or the saleswoman, what is your most popular brand? What is your most popular bag that sells the most? And that's helpful. When I worked with Macy's several years ago, um, they asked me to design collections for them and the Macy's um, director walked me around the, the floor in Manhattan and we talked about what the most popular brands were and what the most popular collection that was selling through and the most popular bag. And that was really fascinating to me. And that was really helpful because the self, it's, you have the sell in and that's what the buyer buys. And that's what's, you know, you want, there's two layers. There's the sell in, that's what the buyer buys from the designers. And that's what's featured in the store. That's the buy, that's the sell in. And then there's the sell through. The sell through is when the customers are buying the bags. So you can have you know, a handbag collection that sells into the store and it sits on the shelf and you think, wow, this is amazing. My bags are in Bergdorf Goodman's or my bags are in Bloomingdale's or my bags are in blah, 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 whatever. But if you don't, if those bags don't sell through, you're going to, that means the customers aren't buying it. And if the customers aren't buying it, that's a problem. In order to be successful, you need your bags to sell through. And, you know, the whole social media has changed the way fashion works. Speed to market has gotten much faster. Companies like Zara, H&M, their speed to market is something like 10 to 12 days. You know, their, ha their handbag designer will do a sketch and that product will be on the shelf in within less than two weeks, which is insane. It used to be one year. I mean, I, I used to do this, you know, when I was a design director for a couple of different companies and, or when I was just a designer and, or when I was just freelancing, we would build out our collection a year in advance. And then Zara and H&M, you know, you'd build out a collection and that product would be in the store in 10 days 10 to 14 days. So their speed to market was like lightning speed, which is a little scary because that really changes the game. You know, it's, just, it's so fast and it's so immediate and their sell-throughs are so fast. And, you know, the slow department stores, you know, they have a very slow supply chain. It's slow and steady. It's kind of like the rabbit and the tortoise story, you know, the slow, steady turtle versus the fast rabbit. And the fast rabbit is H&M and Zara versus the slow, steady turtle, which is the department stores. But I don't know who's going to win the race because now you have the Instagram people that are coming in and the small business owners like myself, I sell handbags. And, you know, they're changing the game too. 
You know, they're, they're not selling through the stores. They're selling direct to consumer. So they're bypassing that whole control and power struggle. They're, they're taking their own power and they're launching their own collection when they want, however they want. And that's really amazing because that has, I believe, put the, some of the big box stores out of business. Payless went out of business. Um, Henry Bendel went out of business. I used to love Henry Bendel. That was one of my go-to places that I used to research for trends back in the day when they had many floors of handbag collections and designer products. And I used to go and look and touch all the products and smell the leather. And I loved Henry Bendel. Loved it. Until the Victoria secret company the L brands took over Henry Bendel and then they made they started making the Henry Bendel brand or company a brand and they started branding all the handbags and that's never that was the downfall of Henry Bendel that was never what Henry Bendel that's never what it was supposed to be Henry Bendel was always a small boutique very high-end Um, department store of eclectic small brands and they're mainly like New Yorkers you know with startup companies and Henry Bendel put these companies on the map and the L brands ruined it destroyed it people aren't going to carry a Henry Bendel handbag no offense no offense to any woman that is carrying a Henry Henry Bendel handbag but that is not the history or the story of Henry Bundle. And that's where you get these CEOs with these concocted ideas that fail miserably. And the CEO just stepped down recently. You know, Adriana Lima is no longer a Victoria's Secret model. Why? Because the business is failing. So there's that. So going back to trends, you know, there's also street trends. You know, you can walk around the, the streets of Manhattan, especially like the village area, um, the East Village, Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn is amazing. And just study the women just walking down the street. And I used to send women out in different parts of the globe and I would just have them, I'd pay them but I would just have them take photos of women on the street. And I would have that, I'd pay them and I'd have them download photos and I used to do trend boards, trend reports um, in different parts of the world. And that's just, to me, really fascinating. I think that's more fun than actually going into the stores. When you just go out into the world in different cities and just people watch. And you look at and you just, some women are just so fascinating to just watch and just to see how they put an outfit together. The way that like their glasses, their hair, their makeup, their, their clothing, their shoes, you know, some women just are, have a knack for it. And to me, the, the power is in the hands of the people. You know, when I used to travel to, to factories in China, 
I used to see these Chinese factory workers with, with all these like mashup of patterns. You'd have plaid mixed with ditzy prints, mixed with you know solids and patterns and prints. And I remember saying to like one of the factory managers, like, why are they combining all these textures and patterns? It was so fascinating to me. And there was something about it that kind of worked and that I found to be such a, like a mystery. And then, you know, the factory manager explained to me, these women don't make a lot of money, so they don't think about how they're putting together an outfit. They just get dressed. And that gave me pause. There's something very empowering about that story and yet sad and yet I loved how they looked because I don't have the confidence to walk out into society wearing plaid mixed with ditzy prints mixed with you know rainbow socks <laughs> you know I would feel silly and yet some of these women did that because that's what their wardrobe was. They didn't have a lot of clothes. They couldn't afford a lot of clothes. And yet the way that they put it together, they looked like they were trendsetters. Accidental trendsetters. Because they had the confidence to do it. Does that make sense? In a weird sort of way where you have women in America that make a lot of money you know they spend a lot of time looking through closets and looking through all of their clothes and they can't find an outfit or they have to oh my god I have to buy a new outfit my closet is so empty I don't oh, I need something new And it's just the juxtaposition of that is interesting to me because I think that we have a lot more than what we really need. Um, and it's fascinating because it's so driven by fashion. There's this, you know, fashion drives this insecurity. Especially when you have money, you feel like you have to have more. And when you don't have money, you don't care. You may care, but you know, you're just going to work. So you just throw on what you have. And there's something very liberating about that. Think about it. Okay, until next time. <laughs>